0: We are, we are at the end of 2 Corinthians. Uh, we started this in the spring. We we do what we do. We go verse by verse through Scripture. That's what Paul wrote, as led by the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Preach the Word in and out of season. Uh, but we do. We come to the end of letters. And so we are in the final part of 2 Corinthians 13, which we're going to read here in just a moment together. But I want to ask a question before we dive in. Uh, you guys have family, we have family, we have close friends. Has anyone ever had colleagues? And by colleague, I mean that person you see Monday through Friday at work when you have to, because you're both there, and you like them well enough. They're not a bad person. They're not someone you dislike, but it's like, all right, I saw you at work. I really don't feel the need to connect with you outside of the office. Anybody ever had colleagues? Yeah. Most of you haven't. Good for you. You've apparently worked with all of your best friends the entirety of your life. But for the five or six of us who have had colleagues, you'll know what what I'm talking about, right? Those people where you're like, yeah, I I like you well enough, but if nobody's paying me to spend time with you, I'm I'm not going to spend time with you. Uh, Okay, so keep colleagues in mind. And again, for those of you who apparently have never had colleagues, Talk to me afterwards, we can introduce this concept to you. But let's look at 2 Corinthians together. If you're able to physically, please stand out of respect for the word of the Lord. We're in 2 Corinthians 13, the last few verses. Finally, brothers rejoice. Aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for how you love us. Thank you for how you lead us. Thank you for who you are, that you are Prince of Peace, that you are worthy. The simplicity and the magnitude of that statement should drive us to our knees in awe. You are worthy. You are worthy of our undivided attention. You are worthy of our humility. You are worthy of our submission. You are worthy of our best of our all. So in this time, as we continue to worship through scripture, through meditating on your word, through contemplating it, Lord, may we offer you our undivided attention. May we offer you our surrendered, humbled hearts. Mold us, refine us, prune away what needs to be pruned. Smooth out the lumps in these clay vessels starting here, Lord. Get rid of me entirely in this time. May this be through you. May this be for you. May this be by you and you alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can sit down. So the word, uh, you see this in a lot in the in the New Testament, brothers. Brothers, I greet you. And this was a word that could also be brothers or sisters. And this was a salutation used to greet a group of people. But it was a very deliberate salutation. It was a very deliberate greeting. It was familial in nature. It, it wasn't like, hey, friends. Hey, strangers. These These were letters written to people with meaningful connections. And so the reason I brought up colleagues is because... You can't read through the Bible honestly. You can't read through the New Testament truthfully and humbly and not come away with a deep impression of the relationship believers are meant to have with one another. And I really want us to think about that. This church, this body of believers that at some point in history was was called Community Baptist, Roseland Gospel Center, right now Community Bible, like, this body assembled by the Holy Spirit is doing so well in so many areas. It is, it is a blessing for leadership and I to be a part of this body, to be a part of this family. You guys are doing so well in so many things, and I thank the Lord daily for this, this family i'm also going to keep pushing constantly like if you're ever like oh well just one year sam won't push us for it like i'm sorry that's just not going to happen and so i'm going to keep pushing you to do even better because every time we raise the bar for this body you all rise to meet it and so i want to push you not in 2024 this isn't a new year's resolution this is a starting today resolution I want to push you to think about how you actually view the people in this room. Do you view them as colleagues or as family? Scripture is undeniably clear. What does it say in verse 12? Greet one another with a holy kiss. This is not the only New Testament letter to use this phrase. I'm not saying you got to start kissing each other. There are two people in this building who I kiss. My wife and my daughter, That's okay. We're not saying start kissing one another. But really start thinking about why do so many letters use this level of affection? Why do so many letters deliberately say approach one another with this heart, this intimacy, this connectedness, this relationship? It's because this has to be, not should be, this has to be family for us to be in line with Scripture. Listen to this, Matthew 12, 49-50, Jesus is speaking. And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. It's the same idea in Hebrews 2.11. John 1.12, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's the same idea in Romans 8.16. Galatians 6.10, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Ephesians 2.19, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. 1 Timothy 3.15 and 5.1, he says, I'm writing you these things so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. And if, just in case those verses weren't enough, do you realize that every single letter in the New Testament uses this language? Let's go real rapid fire through these. Don't worry about writing them down. If you're that curious, let me know. I'll send them to you afterwards. Acts 1 15 Romans 1 13 and last chapter 16 1 and 17 first Corinthians first chapter 1 10 last chapter 16 2 Corinthians 1 8 13 11 Galatians 1 2 6 18 Ephesians 1 5 6 23 Philippians 1 12 4 21 Colossians 1 2 and 4 15 first Thessalonians 1 4 and 5 2 Thessalonians 1 3 3 13 1st Timothy 1 2 2 Timothy 1 2 4 21 Titus 1 4 3 15 Philemon 1 1 through 2 Hebrews 2 10 and 13 22 james 1 2 and 5 19 1st peter 1 14 22 5 uh, and 22 5 12 to 14 2nd peter 1 7 and 3 14 to 15 1st john 2 1 and 5 21 2nd john 1 1 and 13 3rd john 1 1 jude 1 3 every single letter in the new testament emphasizes the familial love that should define the relationship between believers Like I said a moment ago, you cannot honestly read the New Testament. You cannot truthfully read the New Testament and humbly read the New Testament and come away thinking that these relationships are, yeah, I mean, hey, if I'm going to see you on Sunday, if I have to be in the same room as you, cool, I like you well enough. And then the next time somebody makes me be in the same space as you, we'll reconnect. That's just not how the church is supposed to live. That's not how the church is supposed to view one another. supposed to engage with one another. And so the question is, as you look around, you guys trust me? We're going to do something that's going to make some of you feel uncomfortable, but it's okay because we're all going to do it together. Would everybody in this section please stand? Every single one of you, please. And if everybody in this far section, if you guys could please stand. Just for a moment, you can do it. Look around. Look in the middle. Middle people look to the outside. Look across there we go Mike well done all right you guys gonna have a seat did you guys just see the face of family or of colleagues do I have to remind you does anybody have someone they love who they don't live with someone you love who does not live under your roof I do do you guys need me to call you and say hey when was the last time you sent a text to your son your son and daughter-in-law have you invited him over recently hey, your grandchildren, how are they doing? Oh, you haven't talked to them in six months? Well, you should really do that. Do you need me to say, like, hey, are you connecting to the people you love outside of your roof? Are you inviting them over? Are you getting together with them? Are you investing in their lives? No, you know to do that. So why do we need to be told to do that with our family? And I get it. I get that family has different connotations for different ones of us. Some of us, we hear family and it's warm, fuzzy feelings. It's, these are the best relationships in my life. These are the people I want to spend the most amount of time with. Like for some of us, family is a really good thing. For some of us, family is not a good thing. For some of us, family conjures up images of fights over the Thanksgiving table. It conjures up terrible memories of neglect, ignorance, like for some of us family's not a positive thing. So I just have I have a simple question for whatever camp you would put yourself in if you would if you would think of family positively think of the way you treat your relatives. The positive relationships, the intentionality you approach that with, the investment you put into it, the familiarity you have with their lives, the deliberateness with which you you go after that relationship. If you think of family positively, do you approach these people the same way? If you do, praise God, I would, rather, I would rather know that you guys are getting together for coffee and lunches and dinners and whatever. Like, I would rather know that you guys are investing in one another's lives than a hundred million cards in the month of October. Like, praise God if you're doing this. If you're not, well then ask yourself, do you actually view these people as your family or just as your colleagues? 2 Corinthians makes it clear, we're co laborers We're all ministers of the new covenant we are ambassadors of the the message of reconciliation so we are all co-workers we are colleagues all believers what makes the church special what makes the local body special is that it's family what makes us different than every other organization with a shared mission and purpose is that we're family I mean think about it does your company have the same goal yeah You want to turn out whatever product or service you have in a a way that benefits so that you can grow so you can keep getting a paycheck you are assembled with a group of people who are like-minded in their desire does that make you family the stadiums that will be filled today of people cheering for the same desired end outcome are they family or do they just have a shared purpose for a moment in time so if you think of family positively Are you pursuing the people in this room with that same level, with that same love, with that same heart, with that same affection? If you think of family negatively, what do you wish you had? If family isn't a happy word for you, if family is pain, one, I'm sorry. I truly, genuinely am. What do you wish you had? Do you wish you had people who would love you no matter what? Do you wish you had people who would be there for you? who you could lean on, who you could rely on? Do you wish you had people to hang out with? Like if family is not a positive thing for you, what do you wish you had? And then what are you doing to pursue that with these people? What are you doing to go after that with these people? Let this be family. Let this be something meaningful. May this be something real that only God's love could put together and sustain does family ever disagree you better believe it does family ever get frustrated with one another yeah does family do it perfectly no but does family matter yes so think about it if family is good for you why would you not want other people to experience that goodness if family is real and meaningful and impactful in your life why would you not want other people to have that and if family is bad Why would you not want those people to have that? If family is bad, why would you not want to be part of something real and meaningful and beneficial and a blessing? I mean, when I look at Scripture, it is undeniably clear that God calls his people to be family. What are we doing to make that a reality? What are we doing so that the lost, hurting, broken world can look at a group of people and say, Whoa, you're different. Yeah, I know other people who have a shared purpose. I know other people who have a shared common physical space. I just described a bowling league. But you guys, you're different. Yeah, let's talk to you about Jesus. Let's talk to you about being part of God's family, of the household of faith. Again, if you're doing this, awesome. Keep going. If you're not, start tomorrow. Start today. What are we doing to actually be family? Because when we consider family, specifically when we look at this passage and we consider God's family, that we are all called to, that we are all adopted into, made a part of, he lays out multiple purposes for this family. This isn't arbitrary. God lays out why this matters, what this does. And in the next few verses, or really there's only three verses, so in the next few words, in verse 11, we see a lot of the functions of a holy family, It says aim for restoration comfort one another agree with one another live in peace if you look at the original language and I realize that's really small so you might not be able to see it uh, but if you look at the original language it says be perfected be exhorted challenged pushed furthered grown sharpened when it talks about live in peace that's Irenae that's that word that we've looked at numerous times that means restoration wholeness completeness with God When it says, be of the same mind, it's saying, hey, look, identify truth and be willing to stand for it together. You can't have unity if you don't share truth. Jesus is God. No, he's not. Okay, we can be friends, but we really can't be unified. Like, if there's no shared understanding of truth, then there's not unity. So the church does all of these things. As a family, we exhort one another, we sharpen one another, we challenge one another, we push one another, we help one another grow We remind one another of restoration to God. We remind one another of peace of God. We hold each other accountable to the truth. We do all these things as family. But there is one function that Paul actually began with that I skipped over when I read verse 11. This letter has been packed full of a ton of stuff, yeah? I mean, we've had sections dealing with false teachers. We've had sections dealing with people who tolerate false teachers. Paul rebukes them. We've had sections dealing with our call as ambassadors, as ministers, reminding us of our earthly roles and our heavenly roles. We've had sections dealing with the practicality of church. Like, this is a huge, meaty letter. There is a lot to unpack here. There's a lot of depth to this. How in the world could you possibly summarize and conclude this letter? I mean, if you're trying to wrap up this, this massive missive to a church, what in the world do you possibly say to bring things to a conclusion? As we're considering family, what does Paul say? Two simple words. Finally, rejoice. Like that is one of the primary functions and blessings of God's family, is to rejoice. Rejoice to have fun, to celebrate, to laugh, to smile together. My favorite piece of pastoral feedback I've ever heard anyone give, my dad and I still, ch- my family still chuckles about this. My dad was filling in as an interim pastor at a church that was in transition, and after the one Sunday, they were, they were moving through a letter, they got to some heavier stuff, and somebody in the congregation came up to him and said, I like this sermon much better than all your other ones. My dad's like, Okay, thanks. Uh, Can I ask why? You didn't smile this time. Well, not as much. My dad was like, okay, with all due respect, you are missing out on a huge component of the Christian life. Guys, like we're we're supposed to rejoice together. This is fun. This This is cool. There's a celebration. Of being part of God's family again this is abundantly clear in Scripture and that word rejoice you know where it comes from the root of that word goes back to the root word for grace so rejoicing rejoicing means to be favorably disposed towards or leaning towards delighting in God's grace it literally means to be consciously glad of his grace So when we get together, there should be a palpable, conscious joy at his grace. His grace in saving us, his grace in redeeming us, his grace in assembling us. It should be fun to hang out with your brothers and sisters and to sing songs to our Lord, to open his word together, to remind one another it should, be, it should be a blessing. It's designed to be as we spur one another on to rejoicing. Hey, I know you're going through a tough time. Hey, I know that medical diagnosis went bad. Hey, I know your job just fell apart. Hey, I know that family relationship just fell apart. Like, hey, I know you're in a tough spot. Let me remind you. Let me draw your attention to conscious enjoyment and celebration of God's grace. And in a couple months when I'm in a bad spot, when what you just went through happens to me, then you can do the same for me family rejoices together. Listen to scripture. Deuteronomy 12, 5 to 7. But you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. There you shall go and there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your contribution that you present, your vow offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and your flock. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your households, in all that you undertake, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. Psalm 511, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. Not may golf clap in you. Yay may exult in you, may tear the roof off with their celebration, may be a picture of celebration, may be a picture of triumph, of gladness, of joy in the heart, in the Spirit. We're the church and we're excited. This is who we are as family. Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Luke 10.20, the second half, Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's Jesus speaking, and he tells his disciples, hey, look, don't celebrate. This temporary earthly stuff. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's where the focus is. Romans 5, 1-2, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Family rejoices together. It, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, it just, I don't even have another word for describe other than fun. I, I loved when we were decorating for Christmas yesterday and you just heard laughter. You heard people talking and enjoying each other's company, enjoying each other's time. It was fun, At the Christmas party, I'm going to wear dumb clothes. We're going to play dumb games. It is not going to be an intellectually stimulating evening. It will be fun. That's good. But see, adults now, we know better, right? The youth group has fun. And then I grow up and now I'm serious. this is a serious business. No, it's rejoicing. It's playing games with your family. I mean when you get together with family, do you just sit around? Hello, Father. How have you been this past year? Mother, thank you for the sustenance. I don't know. My family sits around the table, and we tell jokes, and we laugh, and we play games, and we have fun. We go outside. We play football, baseball, whatever the weather is like. Right? We watch, we watch movies together. Like, we enjoy hanging out. The family rejoices together. It's one of the greatest privileges we have. You look at the grumpy, miserable world around us and you think that wouldn't be appealing to people if they saw a group of individuals who were like, whoa, they actually like each other's company. You want to know one of the two reasons we do Christmas parties and stuff out in public? One, because it's fun and we like each other. But here, here is my favorite thing from last year we're cleaning up, we're wrapping our stuff up, they're clearing the tables at their Dutchman and one of our teen servers came up to me as I'm paying the the tab and she goes, wow, what what group are you guys again? I was like, oh we're a church and she's like, wow, that was the most fun I've ever seen people have together. That was cool. I was like, yeah, check out church. Pebbles and shoes, leave pebbles in people's shoes. When you go out with your friends, when you go out with your brothers and sisters in Christ, do the people who, who, who sit near you see something different? When you're doing a women's event, a men's event, whatever it is, when you're getting your kids together, invite other people from the community, like, do people look and see family that celebrates and rejoices together? You don't think that would stand out like a neon beacon in today's world? Like, guys, let's, let's rejoice. Smile more. I'm not saying ignore the pain. I'm not saying ignore the hard times. I'm not saying overlook the sadness. That's part of family. We we looked at that. Part of family is to exhort one another, to challenge one another, but also support one another, to remind each other of completeness, to remind each other of peace. So I'm not saying we, we paste on goofy smiles and we pretend like life is just sunshine and roses. There's reality to life that we deal with. But when we do so as the family of Christ, there's an underlying rejoicing that drives all of it. And that's that's so, so great to be a part of. So what are some of the things we rejoice in? If our situations aren't always emotionally satisfying, if our situations aren't always emotionally, logistically easy, if there is pain, there are trials, then, then where does the rejoicing come from as we gather together as family? Well, God lays it out for us in Scripture. Consider the final verse in this letter says, finally, brothers, rejoice. And he concludes ultimately with this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We rejoice in grace. We rejoice in reminding one another of grace. We, we rejoice in appreciating the blessing of grace. One of the blessings we get to now rejoice over as a family has to do with a tough thing we did recently we left our denomination we were honest they were honest with us hey there's a possibility that there are gonna be repercussions of this little repercussions we just got the letter this week the official stamped and sealed letter they're releasing everything to us no penalty no cost like they're saying hey be blessed keep being the church that's grace that's grace to rejoice in. That's grace to celebrate. That's that's fun news. That was a really fun letter to get. I enjoyed that. I was very excited to tell you all. So we rejoice in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We rejoice in the love of God. Oh my goodness, my brother or sister, If the holiday season is hard, if the holiday season is painful, I get it. When you get to holidays, a lot of times emotions stir up and and hard things become even harder. Right? Like if things are tough for you right now, whether it's the holidays or something else, like please let me remind you how much God loves you. Let me remind you of agape, of undeserved, unmerited, perfect, unending love. We rejoice in the love of God. We rejoice in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You, believer are indwelt by the holy spirit he is in, he is in you he abides in you he leads you he instructs you he teaches you how to pray and when you don't know how to pray he intervenes on your behalf rejoice in the fellowship of the holy spirit we get to remind one another of these things when we need the reminders when we don't need the reminders then we get to say hey pretty cool right and we get to have fun Because we're family. And we're perfectly loved. We're perfectly led by our Lord. And I'm sorry, if that doesn't put a smile on your face, get your neighbor to check your pulse. (laughs) This is so awesome to be the church, it's not a burden. It's not a task. It's a joy. It's a blast. And so as we consider these things, as we reflect, as we enjoy grace, as we rejoice in love and fellowship, and as we ask ourselves, pushing forward, pushing ever on relentlessly, do I view these people as colleagues or as family? Okay, what am I saying? What do my actions actually show? Of course they're family. I don't think anybody in here I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say nobody in here, as I was talking about the importance of family and loving one another as family, I'm going to go out on a limb and I don't think anybody in here is going, no, that's just not biblical. So it's not a matter of what I say. Does your life, the way you approach one another, actually reveal that you view them as family? That you want that relationship, you want that blessing, and you're doing whatever you can to go after it. As we consider all these things, let's read Psalm 66 together this week. Let's all read Psalm 66. Beautiful, beautiful psalm. Wonderful, wonderful psalm. And then as we pray, pray as led by Psalm 66. Allow God's word to drive our prayer. This morning at the prayer service, I loved it. We had three different people pray, and all three of them quoted Scripture in their prayer. I love it. Oh, it's great. Right when we're allowing God's word drive our communication to Him, to be reflected in our hearts. So as we read Psalm 66, let's pray as led by Psalm 66. Continue to meditate on, to chew on, to reflect, to hide in our hearts, to internalize, to live out. John 17:17, 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And then practice put into practice not just theorize not just talk about not just speculate but let us do let us apply James 1:22 do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves but do what it says so if we are called to rejoice if we are called to be people what did it say Philippians 4:4 4, 4, rejoice in the lord always so here's the practice every night at the end of the day dinner time not right when you're about to fall asleep in bed i've tried to do that it doesn't work your eyes are closing and you wind off trailing out. Like every night when you're still conscious, identify what's one thing to rejoice over that day. Maybe it's something God reminded you. Maybe it's something new that God taught you. Maybe it's a way He used you in somebody else's life. Maybe it's a way He used somebody in your life. But every day, what's something to rejoice over? If you're doing a meal with somebody, if you're talking to a coworker, share it with them and ask them. Oh man, you really want to freak out your coworkers? At the end of the day, hey, what's something to rejoice over today? What now? Talk about open doors. Talk about conversation starters. If you don't have that conversation, reach out to somebody in the room. Reach out to somebody here in the church family. Hey, what are you rejoicing over today? Here's what I'm rejoicing over today. Cool, let's rejoice together. Call me, call my wife. We'll give you our numbers. And they'll be real ones, I promise. I like you all right? Because we're family. I want to rejoice with you. I want to see you rejoicing. My wife and I love this stuff. So let's go after it together. I'm not proposing anything new. I said this all the way back in 2019 when I interviewed with churches. They're like, what's your new idea for church? I was like, I don't have any new ideas for church. I think we need to go back to very old ideas. I think we need to go back to the original ideas. So I don't want you guys to do anything new. I want you to do something original. I want this place to be family that rejoices together. And it's going to take us all. This can't be driven by five people. This has to be a family effort. So let's make it together. And I promise you it is going to be such an awesome ride. Let's pray. Lord, we rejoice in grace. We rejoice in undeserved grace. Your mercy that you poured out on us. We rejoice over these things. We are consciously glad for these things, and we remind one another of it. We rejoice over your love, your perfect love, Your love that that forgives, your love that endures, your love that is from everlasting to everlasting, we rejoice in it. In the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, we rejoice that you lead us in such a personal way, that you provide for us so richly. Part of the fellowship is the Holy Spirit assembling the church, and so we we rejoice in the fellowship of this family as provided by the Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I rejoice that you've brought me to a family that laughs when I tell bad jokes. I rejoice for a team of talented musicians and vocalists who enjoy using their gifts given to them by you to pour out praise back to you. I rejoice in the generosity of the hearts that you've given to our people. I rejoice in the numerous people who serve behind the scenes. And if I asked them to come forward so we could thank them, they'd run. Because they don't want the spotlight. I rejoice in this fellowship. Oh Lord, may the world look at us and see Christ's family